God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. opportunity to meet once again. About two weeks ago at the prayer meeting, I started sharing with us on the body. When I say the body, I mean the body of Christ and how we have been called to fit and operate within the jurisdiction of that body. And I told you that I felt in my heart that this is something that the Lord wanted us to pursue. And it is my intention to do exactly that. Amen. So today I'll share with us something concerning it. And I'm believing God that in the coming weeks, by his grace, we are going to learn a lot more about it. Amen. First John chapter 3, verse 14. First John chapter 3, verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. And he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Amen. In scripture, there are things that normally the Lord mentions to us as pointers, pointers to help us be sure where we are. That's why I keep telling you that the spiritual life can be measured. It can be measured. And when I say it can be measured, I mean you cannot arbitrarily declare or confer something on someone when it comes to spirituality without the person having the opportunity to cross-check to see if it is so. For instance, when we talk of salvation, if a person declares that you are saved, according to some people, that declaration, because you have come to the altar call, is enough. And because of that, there is no need to measure or to cross-check anything. But that is not how things are with God, because the spiritual life is supposed to be lived. You see, the spiritual life is not a document. Some of you are graduating from school. They give you a certificate, right? And some of you, your certificate says that you didn't BSc what? Who just finished school? Okay, you did BSc or statistics. Who else just finished school? Gloria, BSc landscape. Okay. So now, BSc Statistics, BSc Landscape. You are the only two people finishing school in... Yes, Howard. BSc Industrial Engineering. Adam, BSc what? Agricultural Science. Okay. So they give you a certificate, right? Wow. Now, you see the certificate that is given to you, some of you... When we look at your certificate and we see what is written on it, and we give you a few questions to answer concerning the course that you claim to have done successfully for four years, you may not be able to answer 
those questions. What do you think? Huh? You believe you can't answer. I'm really nodding her head. I thought someone would at least suggest that they really did the course. But it's like that. In human terms, you can hold a certificate for something. There are people who never stepped in class, but will graduate with their mates, right? They don't understand anything, but somehow they wrote exams, somehow they passed. When I was coming, I was thinking about my SHS. And that's the SHS I have not established an SHS. The SHS I went to. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and something that was part of the school rules book. When you go to Form 1, they give you a school rules book, and it was your responsibility to study that book so that you don't falter in any way within the three years that you are expected to be in school, or four years, for those of you who went to school for four years. And how many of you also received school rules book when you went to SHS? Okay. So now that is the idea. But there was something in the school rules book that was kind of the summary of everything. The summary of everything. And that was that a breach of common sense is a breach of school rules. So that was all encompassed. So if you don't even remember anything in the school rules book, this is the summary of the school rules. If you breach common sense, you have breached the school rules, so you'll be punished. So you'll be working there, and a senior will call you and tell you that you have breached. Come on. <laughs> so you have breached the school, and then they will find something to do to you, even though you know you have not done anything. But I was thinking about this. Then I remembered one of the enforcers of the school rules when we were there, and that was the assistant headmaster, okay, Mr. Blankson. And I used to really watch him and how he did this thing with a lot of conviction, especially when it came to examinations, you see. And it was said that, you see, like if you are even suspected to be cheating during exams, and I mean the wasi, right? They'll take your paper from you, right? And they'll tell you that it's okay. Like, go, you are done with that particular paper. Do you understand? The least thing will be removed from the system. The least thing. He will be the one to report you to IEC. Do you see? Because I also know that these days, people are not good again. Like, people who are coming out of school are not good again. They hold certificates all right, but they are not good at anything. So they come to university like this, they don't know anything, but maybe they are holding WASI results. And I know for sure that now there's a lot of access to questions prior to the exams. That's APO prior to the exam. So many of the students, those of you teaching SHS, and Peter tells me about how his school, nobody wants to learn because they know that the APO will come, right? And there's also the possibility of cheating. Like some teachers will go outside and then let the things go on. Then they'll come back. And afterwards, the students will put together a few things, right? And then go and say thank you to that teacher. See, I even found out that in one of the teachers, there was contention between the teachers and then the policeman that came to do the this thing for the YEC people. See, when you're writing BC, there's a policeman, you see. And it's because the policeman didn't get his share of the bounty when everything was shared, you see. So now, I was thinking that in our school, this man will be the one to chook you. Do you see? This man will be the one to chook you. I read somewhere that on our school page that they were doing preliminaries for the umbrella and they didn't do well at all, you see. So then I was like, hey, like, it's like these children are not good again. Like, nobody is good again because the kind of results that I had, I was like, hey, what is happening? You get it? Then the issue of examination more practice and how very few students 
are interested in learning. Then this man's work came in. And it was one of the things that I used to really admire about him because not many people will be able to do that because if the results come and everybody has done well, you get it, it reflects on the school. You get it. So this is somebody that is an old student of the school, it's an old boy, and is rather fighting those who are trying to cheat that he will report you, which will then work against the school in a way. You get it. Instead of he allowing you to go scot-free with your cheating, he will report you. You see, when you're even trying to do something like that, you feel like, eh, like you will still do it, but it's like, oh, like you wish you wouldn't do it, but you are doing it. But this man was happy to do it. Hallelujah. And I realized that then he was not thinking just about the fact that we were going to come out with certificates that would, in the meantime, give the school a good name, right? Because then it also occurred to me that the good name of the school is actually not coming from the fact that people are able to graduate or finish the WASI and come out with maybe eight A's and seven A's and all that. Even though people do that, I realize that the good name of the school is not coming from there. The good name of the school is coming from the many exploits that those who leave the school go on to do in the world. Do you understand that? So when I considered what this man was doing and why he seemed okay with it, I realized that probably that was his aim. His aim was not just how people came out. Because that one is possible that you can hold a certificate and not be good. But his aim was that those who would eventually come out and go about representing the school will actually will be worth their while. They will be the ambassadors that speak of the good things happening in the school, not because they hold a WASI result that is saying that they have performed well, but actually in the exploits, the kind of things that they do in the world. Hallelujah. So that's what made me realize that actually, that is the case. For many schools, the good name of the school is not really with the WASI results, but it's in the kind of men that the school produces with time. So we get to know the kind of things people are doing in society, and we find out that these people are coming from this school, right? And because of that, then the school might have done something right. And I really appreciated him for it. Hallelujah. I really appreciated him for it because then that is good thinking and good foresight to appreciate that it is not what is happening now. Hallelujah. It is not what is happening now. And that same reference is what I want to make for spirituality. That spirituality is not about having a certificate, which in this case is an arbitrary declaration by someone that you are spiritual or you are saved. That is not spirituality. They are markers, they are indicators. Like I know, for instance, some of you, if they give you the chance, okay, to visit some doctors, you will not go. Like maybe if you are going to a consulting and it's that doctor that and you have the opportunity to swerve, you will swerve, you get it. Because even though they are all doctors, there are some doctors that are not doctors. You understand that? They are not doctors indeed. They are doctors by certificate. And woe unto you if at a very critical point in time, you find yourself in the hand of such a doctor. What do you think? Dr. Benedict, are there doctors like that? Wow. So then, but they also have certificates, right? Yeah. So we know that the certificate or the arbitrary declaration that somebody is something is not the thing, that we should look at the indicator. So if I want to know you are a doctor, I want to know how you deal, okay? How you solve the problems that come to you. Because that to me is the reason why you're a doctor, not necessarily the certificate. And in spiritual things, that is how it works. We don't give certificates in spiritual things. We look at states, the states that the person is in. And we can measure or check the states that people are in. We can measure and check it. Hallelujah. So for example, if you say you have eternal life, 
Like I I have the life of God in me, <laughs> right? That cannot just be that you are saying it and that is all. There are indicators. The indicators of eternal life must be there. And it must be something that you yourself will be able to know. Of course, there are two types of indicators. There are indicators that so far as you are in this world, you will not know because you are in the flesh, right? Okay, so it means that actually nobody knows the full extent of their spiritual state except they die. But there are indicators that are also possible to know when we are in this body. And those indicators, they are good signs to show us where we are spiritually. And if we understand those indicators well, then when we die, it will only be an upward motion. In other words, we will not rather be lower than what the indicators pointed to when we were in the earth. Most likely, we would rather be higher. Hallelujah. So there are indicators that we can look at. There are indicators. There are things that you can look at. For example, if you say you're a Christian, there are things you should be able to look at and to see if it can be found in your life. And the scriptures give us things that we can look at. So when you are there, you can check to see. If your scripture says that if you are spiritual, you should do this. Your next step should be to check if you want to do it and if you are doing it. If you are not doing it, then you tell yourself that you are not spiritual. You don't say that, hey, I'm spiritual. Just that, what will you say? The indicators are the ones that you must follow. And John is giving to us here an indicator. So the scriptures have a lot of indicators like that. You see, the scriptures have a lot of indicators like that. So when you see some, you pay attention to them. Hallelujah. When you see some, you pay attention to them. And this one is an interesting one. This is that for we know that we have passed from death to life. Now, it means that we have become spiritual. Hallelujah. Because to be dead is to be alienated from the Lord. Amen. So when you are separated from the Lord, you are dead. When you are alive, it means that you are connected to the Lord. In other words, the Lord is alive in you. Now, it says that we know that we have passed from death unto life, not because we walked somewhere and made a few declarations. It says that because we love the brethren. Hallelujah. We love the brethren. Now, here, the brethren is not just anybody. That's why you must know that this is not the only indicator. For instance, there is also an indicator where you must love men. Do you understand that? You must love men. Now the Bible talks about how God so loved the world. There must be a love in your heart for men. That is there. And that is also an indicator. So you will have to check if you love men and therefore seek their good. You see, if you love men and because of that you seek their good, it's a sign that you are spiritual. Now men means all men. But this one is not talking about all men, and this one is also necessary. Now, I'll explain how it works. This one is also necessary, but this one is talking about the brethren. The brethren are your fellow believers, your fellow spiritual people, those that are on the same journey as yourself. Hallelujah. There is a certain love that you must have for those that are on the same path as you, those that are seeking God as you, those that are together with you in spirituality, there is a way that you must love them that is different from the way that you must love all men. Hallelujah. There is a way. For instance, we say that God loves all men and then God loves the Christian. In God loving all men, there is a disposition that God has towards all men, which is to make sure that they are becoming spiritual. In other words, he wants to save them. So God's love for all men is seen in this wise, that God is making every attempt to save them. Do you understand that? But for those that are being saved, in other words, those that have been reached by God and are obeying God's word, God's love for them is in the fact that he has saved them. These are two things. There's one that God's love is shown in that perpetual desire to help them. So that perpetual availability. 
Now, in the second one, which has to do with those that are really becoming spiritual, God's love for them is not that God is perpetually available to save them because they had that when they were in the world. But in the Lord, God's love to them is in what God is able to do in them. With those in the world, God's desire to help them and his readiness to help them, that is an indicator of his love. What he has done so that he will be able to help them in making himself righteous, we learn that when he walked the earth. Now, that is God's love for the world. But those that are in the Lord, in other words, those that are turning away from evils and being transformed by the Lord, God's love for them is not in his perpetual readiness like the way it is for those that are in the world, even though it was like that before they came in. So that kind of love is there. But in this case, because God has been able to do some work in them, God's love for them is understood in what he has been able to do for them. Okay, so for instance, okay, let's take somebody that is in the world. Okay, now you want to say that God loves you, right? How will you explain the fact that God loves the person? You have to explain it from the fact that God is ready to save you. You understand that? How do you explain? You have to explain that God has done everything that he needed to do so that he can reach you. So you are not beyond God's help. So now that is how you would describe God's love to that person. Now, that is not because that is the only depth of God's love. It is because at that point, that is the only thing that God can do for the person. But those that respond to God and God is able to effect changes in them, God's love to them is demonstrated in the fact that this is what he has done in you. So in a state, God's love is in the fact that potentially God can do this for you. In another state, God's love is in the fact that this is what God has done for you. In the first state, the people know about God's love. In the second state, the person has actually now experienced God's love. Now, the brethren are those who are experiencing God's love together with you. Their identity is quite different from those that are in the world. Hallelujah. Brethren are the people that God is working in. They are the people who form what the Bible calls the body of Christ. Hallelujah. They are the people who form the body of Christ. The brethren form the body of Christ. Please understand that. This is their identity. Those that are in the world do not yet form the body of Christ. They have that potential to be enlisted. But your brethren are those who are in the same body as you. And the dynamics are different. And the way your heart is supposed to be towards them, it is different. The way you see the brethren, and in this case, your brother in church, and anyone that is trying to be spiritual, it is different from the way you see somebody that is in the world that you want to help to become spiritual. The brethren is your comrade in arms. The one that you are working together with to fulfill the agenda of God. Hallelujah. That is different from the one that is in the world. There's a closeness with your brother that is different from the kind of closeness that you can have with someone in the world. But the one in the world, the only closeness you can really have is the closeness of God's readiness to help the person should they decide to turn away from evil. But with your brother, you are actually of the same stock now. You are of the same family now. You are of the same spirit now. Hallelujah. And you see, that's why this is different. So anybody that is being transformed by the Lord, this is what happens. Your eyes are opened to the brotherhood. Hallelujah. Because you fall in love with God's agenda, God's will, and therefore his will as it is performed in the life of the other person. I want you to understand this. So when you feel like you are becoming spiritual, but you have no special love in your heart for the brethren, you can now question your spirituality. Do you understand that? You can now question your spirituality. Well, if you question your spirituality, that's, no, then Charlie, we are not spiritual. No, you know, we are not spiritual, but then this becomes our target now, right? How does the Lord help us to come to the place where we love the brethren? And when I say we love the brethren, I'm not talking about, oh, hello, hi. No, that's your brethren. So that's why we are defining the brethren and what the brethren is. 
Anybody that can love the brethren must understand the Lord's body. Hallelujah. The person must be able to discern the Lord's body. The person must be able to discern the Lord's work. You must be able to discern the Lord's kingdom because it is your love for the Lord's kingdom. It is your love for the Lord's will that will be seen or that will reflect in your love for your brethren. Hallelujah. In other words, there is no personal love in your heart that you can give to the brethren. Any personal love that a person seems to have, that love is not pure. Listen to me. Any natural love that a person seems to have, that love is not pure. It is not pure because naturally anything that comes from us at the base of it is the selfish interest. So if it is not a direct interest in exploiting the person, it's an indirect interest in exploiting the person. There has to be a gain in it. At times, the gain may be very subtle and not so obvious, but the gain is there. Um, I'm not exploiting anybody, yes, but you'll be surprised the gain may be that you want to be known for not exploiting anybody. That is exploiting somebody. Hallelujah. What do you think? Yeah. So your gain is that you are trying to do yourself like, so that everybody will know that you don't exploit anybody. Do you understand? But that's exploiting people. Do you get it? So now when it comes to the natural way of loving, there's selfishness inside. That's the truth. No matter what you do, there'll be selfishness at the base of it. But the spiritual way of loving is also not a direct love for the person, but it is a love for the person that stems from your love and appreciation for the things that be of the will of God, that be of the kingdom of God. So it means that the one that is becoming spiritual is able to perceive the kingdom. You understand that? It's able to perceive what God is trying to do. It's able to perceive the plans of God. And therefore, it's able to appreciate the role that the brother or the sister that has been drafted into this army is going to perform so that this will of God, this plan of God will come to pass. So we love the brethren because we love the work of God. We love the brethren because we love what God is trying to do. And the brethren, as they have believed and have been drafted in, are people that God has plans for in terms of they having to take their place so that they can fulfill God's plans. Hallelujah. So we love the brethren not because we have a special love from ourselves. We love the brethren because God loves them and God has a purpose for them. And we also are in love with God and his purposes. And we see that if then we do not seek the good of a brother, sight that they can stand in their place, the work of God will fall short. The work of God will fall short. I know that maybe you don't think this is a, a nice kind of love for somebody to love you with. And you rather think that the love that you want is the love that comes from the person to my own personal love that I have for you because I prefer you. I'm telling you that that kind of love, it is selfish. No matter what you want to think about it, it is selfish. It's not you that I'm thinking about. Hallelujah. The proper love that means I'm thinking about you is the love that seems in the natural that then it is not you that I love, but it is God that I love. And because I love God, then I'm dealing with you in a certain way because God's will and God's intention and his plans for you as he has organized things must come to pass. Hallelujah. So then a love for the brethren then will have to do with you thinking about the kingdom of God, the work of God, and how that each of us who have believed and therefore are living our lives in a certain way must stand so that what God has for us to do will be accomplished. I remember I was talking to some people, I think I mentioned this the other time, and I was explaining to them why they must come back to church. Now, when I was explaining to them, I don't think they understood why. Do you get it? Because again, you think that there's something to be gained in it, right? And I also felt like that would be what they would suspect. So my usual self, which is my natural self, will have to then, okay, go away. Do you understand that? Because you think that I'm bringing you in so that my church will be big. No. Do you understand that? I'm not bringing you in for anything. I'm bringing, and I don't know, it is because they have believed. 
and they are living their lives in a certain way. Because of that, they need to be placed in the kingdom spiritually so that they will be effective so far as God's will is concerned. Hallelujah. But I realized that they didn't really get it. And actually, I have several people that I've also spoken to like that on phone, in person, trying to explain to them why they need to return. But I realized that they didn't understand. You see, but my usual self is also that if you are going to think that I'm telling you to stay and to come because you believe, come and be with us, let's work for God, and you think it's because of my selfish interest, then the way to prove to you that it's not because of my selfish interest is to walk away from you, right? If I walk away, you will know that then I'm not looking for anything from you, right? But I also can't walk away. Please, you understand that? Now, this is the kind of love that I'm talking about. It is a love that goes beyond your personal like for the person. Especially, maybe at that moment, the person is misbehaving, or the person is failing to see the light, or the person is being arrogant. It is a love that goes beyond that. It is a love that sees the kingdom of God and considers the person as one who, because they have started their journey, have the potential of finding a place in that kingdom, have the potential of finding a place in the body of Christ so that they can function for the increase of God's work. Hallelujah. Recently, I was telling Mamadi some people that were misbehaving. I was telling her that. I'm giving that to her as an example. As to how you deal with people. Now, tell you that I decided to talk to them, and when I was talking to them, it was as though I needed them to understand. And it wasn't because I did not have that sense that Charlie, who do you think you are, right? Who do you think? Because what what this thing that you are doing, the natural default response is to hold your back like a cartoon and kick you out. You understand that? Yeah. But there's something that goes beyond that. Because if you deal with them like that, they have still believed. Do you understand that? Just that they are misbehaving. They are still undergoing transformation. If you do that, you forfeit their place in terms of what God is doing. So they are being dealt in a certain way to put them down. Okay, It's not going to help their placement. It's not going to allow them to stand to fulfill what God is trying to do. They cannot be useful to the will of God. They cannot be useful to the kingdom of God. When I see all of you as you sit here, and my assumption is that we are all trying to be spiritual, what I see is your placement in the body of Christ. And that is my chiefest concern as I deal with you. Because you are now the brethren. And the love for the brethren is not just about the potential of what God could do in your life. It's about now your drafting and your ability to stand in the place that God has called you to stand in from when you were conceived to fulfill the special calling of your unique vessel. That is my concern. And if I'm dealing with you, I'm dealing with you in such a way that you could take your place. If I'm controlling myself with you, I'm controlling myself with you because you have been called to stand in a certain place. And I must not do something that will hurt that agenda. I must not do something that will put you out and put you down in such a way that you cannot rise up to stand in the place that God has called you to stand in. That is love for the brethren. Hallelujah. That's what I'm saying, that there are different kinds of love. And this one too is a sign that you have become spiritual. That special affection for the brother is a bit similar, but not as deep. Okay? It's like the way you love your brother in the house, or your sister in the house, or your family members. They are not perfect people. Do you understand that? But in the end, your conclusion that we are from the same stock, right? Just that there's not much purpose to the natural family. But if you take it spiritually, we are of the same stock and we have been called to a common purpose. You may not have been able to stand in that purpose properly yet, right? But that is God's plan for you. You are going to step in it in the future. You are going to step in it soon. And I must deal with you in such a way that you can actually be helped to step into that. Hallelujah. 
So it's like people united by a common cause. That is the brethren. There's a common cause. And that love between people fighting a common cause and living for a common purpose is a different kind of love. It's a different kind of love. It's a stronger bond. Because that love is deeper. It's coming from deeper affections. Those deeper affections are the affections for the kingdom of God. So we love ourselves from that affection for the kingdom of God. And that's why that kind of love is deeper than any natural love, any physical love that is possible. It is an affection that is born out of our love for the kingdom of God. And to come to that place where you love the kingdom, you have to be spiritual. That is why this is a measure of spirituality. So when you see your brother, as we are here, when you see your sister, all of brother, sister fall into brethren. When you see your brother, when you see your sister, what comes to mind? When you are dealing with your brother, is it your kinsman? Is it your comrade? Do you understand that? Or is it just another face? When your brother is not dealing with, or your sister is not dealing with, what is your thoughts as to what to do? Do you deal with your brother in the consciousness that this is one that you have been called into the same army with? And there's a common cause that is beyond all of you. There's a common cause that is superior to all our lives. And our lives were actually given to us because of that cause. We were allowed to be born because of this cause. And this cause is what is uniting us. How can your individual feeling and your individual Concern be superior to the common cause that made you a human being. Hallelujah. This is the love for the brethren. This is the love for the brethren. And this is a sign of spirituality. When I see you, what do I see? When I'm dealing with you, in your imperfections, in your perfection, whatever it is, what is it that I'm thinking concerning you? Are we family? Family in what way? In what way? In what way? Hallelujah. And this is a measure of spirituality. Now, this is very important because of where we are going. Well, this is how the enemy is able to destroy what God is trying to do amongst the people. When this kind of love is missing, it means that then they are not spiritual. So then they cannot pull in the same direction. When everybody considers themselves alone and considers themselves in the natural and according to their natural connections, but forget that their consideration will have to also go for their spiritual connection because that actually is superior to any form of natural connection. Look at the person sitting by you. That's your brother. You understand that? That's your brother. That's the brethren, Adelphus. Let me show you something. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So as we are sitting here, we are one body. Please understand that. And I want you to appreciate this. Let's go. For by one spirit, this is what you understand. That makes you love the brother. This is what your eyes are open to in your quest to become spiritual. And because of that, if you don't love the brother, we know you are not spiritual. Because this thing happens with anybody that is becoming spiritual. Huh? Look at what happens. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. By one spirit. This spirit that we are talking of, that through our overcoming we make contact with. It is that self-same spirit that your brother also makes contact with. In a diverse way, but that self-same spirit. So if there is a spirit that is at work in you, there is the same spirit that is at work in your brother. And that spirit is stronger than your blood. Hallelujah. If you claim to know God, then your brother that also knows God has the same spirit that is in you, in them. And it is that spirit that drafts us into that body, that brings us into that kingdom. 
and places us. By that same spirit, we are drafted into our unique positions. It is the same spirit. If there is a spirit working in me, and there is a spirit working in you, then it is that same spirit that is in me, that is in you. And that is why we are brethren. Because that spirit means there is a common cause. Even if there is diversity in our operations, there is a common cause. There is a common purpose. Just like in a family, not everyone is the same. We are not the same. Your family, your nuclear family, you are not the same. Everybody is different. But there's one blood, right? That is how it is. It's that same spirit. Hallelujah. Please understand that. That is why this connection is different. It's a bond. The one that is in the world, you can't have a bond with that person because you don't have the same spirit. You understand that? The only connection you have is the potential of they also being drafted. But the one that is in the kingdom, you share the same spirit. And that kind of love is a love that is born out of your own appreciation of the kingdom. Without that appreciation of the kingdom, you cannot love the brother. And it means that you are not spiritual. And because of that, you are abiding in death. You saw the next statement that came after the love the brother. 1 John chapter 3 verse 14. He that loveth not his brother abideth what? In death. So you keep that in mind. So that for by one spirit are we all baptized into what? One body. Whether we be Jews, you see? So now whatever we are naturally coming, right? Whether we be Jews, whether we be tall, short, whether we speak good English, we speak bad English, whether we smell good, we smell bad, whether we are tall, we are short, whether we are fair, we are beautiful, we are ugly, whether, what? We are fine too, we are away, huh? Male or female, whether we are male or female. Hallelujah. Whether we be bond or free, so slaves, free men, hmm? and have been all made to drink into what? One spirit. And this drinking into one spirit, it actually comes from the cup of blessing. That is the wine that the Lord offers, which is his blood. We all are made to drink into this same thing. You see, if this thing is not good enough to join you and your brother, then you don't understand. It means that you yourself have not drank it. But if you have drank it and it is real to you, you know it forms your life. So then if it forms your life, then it is capable of making another that you don't know from anywhere, except that you have come to know the same God, become your brother. It is enough because you know that is your life. That life that you make contact with, you know is superior to any kind of life you knew before. And because of that, if another person has a similar kind of life, then that kind of life is able to unite the two of you. But if it is not able to unite you, you always there, oh, we are all serving God, but we are, mm, mm, I don't release. It means that you are not a spiritual person. You are still abiding in death. Do you see? So that's the measure that I'm talking about. You can measure it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but what? Many. So he goes on to talk about if the foot sees whatever. What. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And let me show you something. Verse 17. Now, in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for what? Okay. So now these are people who are supposed to be brethren. Right? And Paul is saying that he's having a problem with them. Because their coming together is not for the better but for the worst. And let's see how come it is for the worst. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. When you come together, I hear that there are divisions amongst you. How come divisions are able to exist? Please listen. Now, this kind of love is not like, ha, we send your in your man me pet. Do you understand that? No. Still, men person your yan in your man, right? But there is an overruling principle, and that is the kingdom. For the kingdom's sake, and for what God has planned for this person, God, this person is on the path of transformation. Because of that, me penisa, me no Just like your brother, your sister, that is not correct, but won't be chenibel, right? Yeah. Because of what God is doing, because of the kingdom. Hallelujah. 
I'm sure if we gave ourselves opportunity, we'll be able to tell what we don't like about the other person. So if, like even me, if you give me the opportunity, I'm sure about 90, 95% of you that have dealt with everything, I can tell you what I don't like about you. What do you think? <laughs> this is, the guy said, if you pay him the right amount, he will come to your house and tell you what is wrong with you. <laughs> wow, what do you think? <laughs> I can tell you what I don't like about you. I'm sure if I give you the chance that anonymously say what you don't, that anonymously is important, right? <laughs> say what you don't like about me. I'm sure you'll find some. If you don't find some, I'll be very surprised. It means that you have not been close. Do you understand that? Why? Because if you are close, then you know a lot of things that are not perfect with me. And you are not expected to like it. Do you understand that? No. You're not expected to like it. But if I don't like some things about you too, there's no problem. Do you understand that? But it is not possible that those that see the kingdom and are therefore spiritual and have passed from death unto life, it is not possible that such things are able to divide us. It is not possible. Because that does not become important. It is put in the right perspective. If I don't like something that you are doing, my thinking should be that, okay, how do I help you to become better, right? Or if there's no direct impact I can make on you, I can begin to trust God that you become better. Because, you see, when you read the First Corinthians 12 that we talked about, when you go down, Paul is talking about how every part is necessary for the whole. So it means that if you are able to stand, there is a benefit in it for me. There's not much benefit in me standing alone. Everybody must stand because the body's edification and its growth, it depends on everybody standing, everybody contributing. It depends on that. But to make it that dividing point means that you have not seen the kingdom, especially if the person is your brethren, if the person is also trying to become spiritual. One day, somebody did something. I was really, really, really sad. I was really, really sad. That's somebody here. So I had a course of action, right? And that course of action was to actually go to the person and confront the person. You see? Now, when I thought of the possibility of that confrontation, I felt like, this is it. Because I actually knew that that confrontation, it will break the person. Because what I had found out, it was foolproof. You understand that? You see, after when we come and tell you, you can lie, right? And say, oh, it wasn't like that. But this one, it was like that. You understand that? So I decided to go to God about it because I felt like the way it was, and yeah, I consider things in the context of church, in the context of what is being built. You understand? If you do something personally against me, I'm likely going to leave you alone. But if you do something against what is being built, God's work, I may likely take a step towards you. Do you understand that? To push against what you are doing or to try and then, like if you are holding something that you are spoiling, to take that thing from you for a while. Do you see? So this one, I wanted to take such a step. But I said to you, let me go and pursue this in prayer. So as I prayed, 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 the Lord opened my eyes. And then I understood something. Now, what I understood was actually very obvious, but this time it dawned on me. And this was it, that that is the person's weakness. That's the person's weakness. So all the strength left me, right? Now, I started feeling sad for the person. I started feeling sorry for the person. Then I started praying for the person. You understand that? Now, that's proper perspective. Maybe in another case, God will allow me to go and confront and it will be good, right? But in this case, I realized that what had built up, it was this righteous indignation that it's like, but inside it, we got, do you understand that? Uh-huh. So I wasn't able to see that that is a person's weakness. You see, because if I could see, maybe they understand, would be, okay, they move against what the person is doing and help the person to understand their weakness. You get it. But as I saw that this was a person's weakness, the next feeling that came to me was that, no, leave her alone. Do you understand that? Leave her alone. It means that through preaching, through being a, the word of God will come, it will correct it. Do you understand that? He said, it's not every weakness that you correct today. If you are like that, it means that you don't care about the body. 
Because God has a plan of correcting everybody's weakness, including your own. Do you understand that? So there's a plan, there's a timetable. There are times that in the timetable, you can move and do something. But there are times that it's not yet. Or there are times that even when you have now seen the weakness, the person already has seen it. So leave it alone. Do you understand that? The person has seen it. So there's work that has started. You were late. Do you understand that? You have now seen it. But God has brought the person's attention to it. So you move on. And this thing, it was refreshing. Okay? It was refreshing. To be able to see the thing that way. So I left him. I left him. And that's the point that I'm trying to make to us. That as we are here, we are dealing with ourselves. There are things. You understand? There are things. So many things. Do you see? There are brothers that when you are with them, they are not able to say what they think. Do you see? But they are still your brother. This is their brothers that are, that they are so eager to please that they don't say what they think. That's your brother. There are brothers that say what they think to the detriment of everybody. That's your brother. There are brothers that are scheming. Like some of you, are, you scheme, right? I see you scheming, but we are still brothers. You understand? That? It doesn't change anything. Hey, there's a brother that's the same girl you like. You go before you, right? And then you say, wow. Good, that's my brother. Let's move on. Yes, that's how we should see it. Because if we are not following the Lord, it's different. Do you understand that? Yeah, but if we are on the same path of transformation, then we should appreciate this brotherhood. Because that is a sign that there is spirituality in us. That is a sign. That is a sign. Hallelujah. I feel if we get this, we'll go far. Look, let me tell you something. As I'm speaking to you now, I know that you are sitting there quietly listening to me. But I also know the devils I'm confronting. You understand that? Because there's been infestations already. So let the devil be cast out. Don't fight with me. You understand that? What I'm telling you, if you think it's not exactly true, put your hand up. Like, it's not exactly true. You can explain. Put your hand up. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But you know, it's also difficult, right? Yeah. And that's why I said two things. Either you are spiritual or you are not. So if you fall short, you don't say, ah, I fall short. They say, I'm not spiritual. I'm not spiritual. I'm not spiritual. No. It shows you, okay, then there's a target to hit, right? There's an indicator. It's like you are going to Takra. They say you get to a simple So To drive, yeah, a simple You say you are lost, right? Or you say you get a young quanta, then you branch and go uh, asuka. Uh-huh. Then you go, then you go to near the you go to Apeja. Then so you go, you go, you go. So if let's say you drive, uh, have you been shown a dice? They say, oh, 200 meters, there is a kiosk that is red. <laughs> and you are going, you are going. You are, you know, at that point, you feel like, ah, this 300 meters, have I not passed it? <laughs> Yeah, so it may be possible you've passed, right? Then you turn around and go back and go and look for it. That's my point. There are landmarks. So that if you find that this landmark is missing, this landmark is missing, then you know, okay, then maybe you've missed your way or you are not on the right track. So you should return and then get on track. That's the point. That's the point. Like for instance, some of you, there are many ways that you do your thing that I don't understand. The other side. But you are still my brethren. Yes, I At times I can lament. Those that are close to me, they know my lamentations. I can lament, lament, lament. But you are still a brother. You are still a sister. Brethren. You understand that? Now, if you take some sense and say, yes, just like if you have a brother that has a problem. I remember when I was younger, my mother had a brother. He died. He died, I think, two, three years ago. COVID time. Oh, then they will arrest him. Then he will go and fight somewhere. I remember the one, when I went to my mother, he had been put into the jail in the police station. So he was standing there, my mother was standing there. And then my mother would have to go and look for some policeman, some friend, something, something, so that they would do it, and then the case will come out of the police to put their hand. Then they have to go and beg. Is this the same brother? I remember the first trouble, my mother's brother, the first trouble, that's their last born. The first trouble he fell into, he was going to school. I remember, in Cape Coast. 
when he was walking by the roots and a car knocked him down. Before he was somewhere, my mother went to bring him to stay with us. Right? So he was in SHS then. A car knocked him. I remember he was sitting down in our house and he was sitting on a chair only in shorts, right? And then his hair is cut, his hair is cut, his hair is cut, his hair, and then flies. So you take some of the, this and then you use it to help remove the flies. You get it? And my mother was moving. That's when I first heard state insurance company. You see, I think I was like three or four. You see, and then my mother would go and go and look for, how do you call it? Aha, uh -huh, insurance. Oh, to who coins? The other side. So that's where it started from. Then this same brother, who now as he has grown a bit, he went to beat somebody and then they put him in jail, right? And then my mother went, now moved from police to police, regional something, regional something, you get it? And then he was brought out. You get it? This same brother was attacked spiritually in his mind. And the same my mother, to firstborn, responsibility. One time when I went home from university, he was in one of our rooms, guest room, and he was there. And I was chatting to him. And I realized that, no, his mind is going. His mind is going. So I tell you, your mind is going. You don't believe. I saw some in my own family. Hallelujah. And he was telling me about some things. He had sketches to show me. Hey! And I was thinking, hey, isn't my mother afraid of? Yeah, because I went to meet him there. But what will you do? Still your brother, Dizzy. So he was there. Then he stayed there for a while, and then he went to Sunyane. So he went to stay there. From time to time, he would come and my mother would send something. He would send something. He was actually a very nice person. So, then COVID time, they said he is dead. Then my mother, they say had to move, go and organize. Go. So your brother, Yanasana. That's how it works. So some brothers and sisters are problematic. Do you see? But because of the kingdom, because they too, it's not like once you start your journey, you are perfect. You yourself are imperfect. You have issues, right? So they also, their issues are there, but their placement in the kingdom, because of that and their service in the body, you cannot cast them away. You cannot cast them away. So it's not by natural things that we bond. Hallelujah. Because that one then would be divided. It's not by natural things that we bond. It is by a common understanding of the kingdom and our placement in the kingdom, our placement in the body. It is the fact that we have drank of the same spirit. The same spirit that is at work in me, that makes me into something for the kingdom. It's the same spirit that is at work in the other person that makes them into something or that is preparing them into something. So we are waiting for what our brother will become. And if we will do anything towards our brother, it must be to service what they will become so that they will now step into that reality. We can't cast our brother away from us. Hallelujah. You can't turn your back on your brother because your brother offended you. You are going into the same kingdom. Hallelujah. What do you think? Yeah. Let's finish with this one. Because here, we're doing some funny things here. Okay. So let's do it. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. What do you think? When ye come together, therefore in one place, this is not to eat the Lord's supper, so this is different. So you've come together. You have just come together. So there's like brethren, you have met together, you are dealing with yourselves, right? Or we have grouped together. See what Paul is talking about. For in eating, everyone taken before his own supper. Okay. And one is hungry and another is what? Drank it. So now look at it. We come together, and in this case, we are eating together, okay? The principles still hold. We are eating together. But you eat, 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 and then you are drunk, and then that's, and then your brother is suffering. Please understand that. Paul is saying this is division. Hallelujah. This is division. For in eating, everyone take it before. Under his own supper. 
and one is hungry and another is what? Drunken. This is the same person that you have a common cause with. This is the same person that if, have you watched movies? Oh, you see those movies that they fight sword fighting, okay? And one army, say one army, and then they jump into the fight. Have you watched such movies before? The, one of the things that you always have to ask yourself is that as I'm fighting for it, won't someone just appear at my back, right, and kill me? Do you see? But it doesn't happen like that. Because there's covering. Everybody is covering the other person. So you were in the course of the fighting, at the point, somebody is here, then somebody is then the person died. Then the person tells you, yeah, we are fighting, right? So this your brother that is supposed to be covering your back. Eh? You understand that? You are eating and living this, but you're, you, say, you don't understand. This your brother that is standing by you. As you kill this enemy, he's also killing that enemy. Right? You are in the same course. As you are moving forward, he's taking your back. As you are pushing, he is joining you to push. That cause, that concerns all of us, that is most important to us. You see why if you don't like it, it means that this cause is not important. You have not seen it. And therefore, you have not passed from death unto life. Because if you understood it, then you will understand the worth of your brother. You will understand the person's worth. Hallelujah. They might not be showing much now, but you know that they are on their way. You understand their worth. Some of you people are chasing you to go further with God. And you are wondering what it is. I'm showing you today why people will chase you. Well, nobody wants anything from you. It's a kingdom we have seen. And in that kingdom, God is enlisting. And the more people enlist and find their place, the more the kingdom will increase and the more the will of God will be done. That's why we will not allow you to be complacent and you sit there as though nothing is going on. Because you have a part to play in this. And if you don't play your part, no matter what one person does, or no matter what a few people do, the work will not become what it needs to become. If you are Ghana here, we know that generally the nation is bad, right? It's because God can't be found. You know why? Not because there's not even one godly man. There's not enough godly men to generate a spiritual force that is enough to push back against the forces of hell that constantly pushes against the nation. You see? Yeah. So if your aim is to save Ghana, you need people, right? <laughs> not anybody. People who have believed and are living their lives in a certain way. For in eating, everyone take it before other his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. Let's go. What? Have ye not houses to eat and drink in, or despise ye the church of God? He says, Oh no, I don't despise the church. Despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not principle. This is what you are doing to the person that you are working with. Maybe then eat in your house. You don't bring your food and come and give your brother some. You see? And this principle runs through. This is just an example. And shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Now see where Paul is going. That the Lord, Jesus, the same night. Now, Paul is now explaining to them how come they are joined and how come they should not do what they are doing against themselves like that. You understand that? So he said that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. Uh -huh. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So he said that they shared in the same bread. Huh? Let's go. After the same manner also... He took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Huh? Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. What does it mean to be unworthy? Now, Paul has explained. He's trying to tell them they are unworthy. Why? Because of the way they treat their brother. Hallelujah. Like, they don't deal with their brother as one who is part of them. Hallelujah. 
If you cannot deal with your brother as one who is part of you, you have not partaken worthily of the bread and of the wine. Hallelujah. It's the same one spirit. Huh? By one spirit have we been baptized. Let's go. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Let him examine himself. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning what? The Lord's body. What is that body? All of us, our placement in the kingdom and our functionality. And how your brother who is on the same path as you is joined unto you and therefore you should not act against your brother. If you act against your brother, you take the bread and you take the wine unworthily. In other words, you have not eaten the bread and you have not taken the wine in the spirit. 30. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Hmm. Now that's demonic attacks all over, right? The other place said, we have all been made to eat of that loaf. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying that if you don't treat your brother well, you are not worthy to partake of that which unites all of us. Because that your treatment of your brother actually means that you are not joined to your brother. You understand that? You don't perceive that kingdom. That makes you see that you are joined to your brother. So the Holy Communion by which we are all joined and baptized into Christ, you, by this behavior, do not qualify to be a partaker in the Holy Communion. See, it's called Holy what? Communion. May the Lord help us. So that our eyes open. I'm saying that maybe you are trying to see that this is your brother, but the natural things are too strong for you to get beyond. It's an indicator that you are not spiritual. It's an indicator that you have not passed from death unto life. At least in this wise, you have not. And so now, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Because we must come to that place where we love the brethren. We can't do any meaningful thing for the Lord without this love for the brethren. So that the natural things cannot divide us. Can't do anything meaningful for the Lord. And that is what the Lord is bringing our attention to. I pray that he will open our eyes so that we will see, so that we will understand this particular measure, so that where we fall short, we will know that, okay, then there is work to do. And we begin to reconsider how we deal with the brethren. Those of us that don't have the right kind of love for the brethren, but have a fake love for the brethren, that looks like love for the brethren, but it's not. We can cancel that one and look for the proper love for the brethren. And those of us who have nothing for the brethren will now look for the proper love for the brethren. Because that is the standard that God is showing us. That's the standard that God is showing us. He that does not love his brother abideth in death. He that does not love his brother abideth in death. Hallelujah. That's what God has called us to.